uh, go with me, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 6 through 15. So the Lord dropped this in my spirit, that each one of you has a seed inside of you. It's a seed that you sow, whether it's finances or kindness or servants' hearts or whatever. It's a seed that God wants you to use and to plant uh, in, 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 in some fertile soil. Um, and I don't know how you're going to do that. You know, Thanksgiving is coming, and uh, Christmas is coming, and there'll be ways to reach homeless people and veterans. They'll be here on uh, Friday night. We do all that. We're kind of sowing seed, and that's kind of the season we're in. But we're retraining our brains to be thankful. Just, just here, how about this? We're, we're going to retrain our brains so instead of being uh, haughty or arrogant or self-serving, we're going we're gonna to be thankful for what God has given us. And the way, the way I do that is like before I go to bed and I'm getting ready for Sunday morning, I go to bed and I go, God, when I get up, I'm going to be prayed up and get ready for and all that kind of stuff so I'm ready to go, so I'm ready to be um, something that, that God can use. Amen? So, it, so get ready for that. And so... When God was speaking to me about seed, I was kind of looking at the, at the pumpkins. And so if you were to bust the pumpkin open, you can see that there's a bunch of seed inside of that. Uh, and I thought of that by picket night. Does anybody remember picket night? It's only a North County thing, I guess. It's, it's not something we should embrace, but nonetheless... When you, when you drop a pumpkin or smash a pumpkin, there's a bunch of seed inside. And God told me that. He said, there's a bunch of seed inside each one of these people who come to church. And, and we need to be thankful that God has given us that, and we need to plant it in fertile soil. Amen? So we're going to retrain our brain by allowing God to, to condition our hearts. It's the point is this uh, in 9 sick, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So I've used this, but I want you to, I want you to, to think of it totally different today, that God is touching our hearts so our brains can be retrained. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work and as it is written he is distributed freely and he is given to the poor his righteousness endures forever and and like let's just use this for instance like friday when all these people come into our church for this boxing match let's tell each and every one of them about jesus what that would be a great seed just you know whether we're going to hand out bibles or whatever it is we do we want to make sure that everyone knows that we're on fire for Christ at our church. We're going to plant a seed in their life. Amen? And we're going to, and I believe that's going to make a difference. Verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. So he's going to supply it, then he's going to multiply that. Uh, and again, I don't know if it's something in the water or what. But if you see any of the pictures of the kids uh, at Winfield on Facebook, we were out at Winfield. We're out there in the gym, and I told Shelby, I go, bring all the kids out on the last song. And everybody was looking at all these kids. It was pouring out. It was like a, 
the little human convention. They're multiplying. I mean, they just kept rolling out. And I think everybody was a little taken back. They go, we knew you had a lot of kids, but we didn't know you had that many. And that's God doing his multiplication through you and, and sharing it because all those people out there were so blessed by seeing all those kids there. Amen? And they bless us today, don't they? Uh you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. And remember, you don't have to be rich to be generous, just generous to be generous. Through us, we'll produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints. So here's what this was about. that The Apostle Paul wanted the church in Corinth to have an offering ready uh, when he came by to pick it up so he could take it to a church that's struggling in Jerusalem. And that's what we like to do. We like to help people who are struggling. Don't you think that's a good idea? Amen? Okay. He says, uh, supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So when you're doing this, you're not only blessing God's people, but God's blessing you. And we're going to talk about that in in the message to come. By their approval of this service... They will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and all the others. So sometimes sometimes when you're giving or high-fiving or serving somebody or changing a flat, you never know who that's going to affect. Now, if you stop to help somebody with a flat tire, maybe they're going to be blessed because they can still be on schedule to go take their mom to the doctor or whatever that is. It could be far bigger than what you think. And God will multiply it if you will do that with a heart of thanksgiving. You ever, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, well, let me do this. It's verse 14 says, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his uh, inexpressible gift. So let's just go to the Lord and we'll, we'll talk about this as we go. Lord, we just pray for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the uh, the gift of friendship and, and 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 the gift of living in the United States. We thank you for the gift of of all these things. Lord God, we want to use them to glorify you and and all the ministries, Lord God, would glorify you. Um, and and today, Lord God, bless the offering as well uh, that it would be blessed and it would multiply in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, let's give thanks to the Lord and applaud him. Let the basket come by. Hallelujah. Okay, so uh, let the offering be picked up, and then I want you to turn with me into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to read verses 14 through 22. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 14 through 22. Where's the amen section out of the church today? Praise God. Because this is, this is going to be one that you need to shout to. Now, I want to tell you, Tim, if you was to follow along and you was to read back, Terry, just one chapter, and then you, you get into uh, the late part of four and the start of five, it talked about the rapture. And let's drop the lights down, just a, a fuzz, just to kind of set the stage. Let's just set the stage. So we know that the rapture, Kelly, is J.D., it's, it's as close. The, the rapture is different than the second coming. We're not talking about the second coming right now. 
the rapture. So you say, Pastor Pat, what has to happen for Christ to come back and rapture his church? Nothing. He could come back at any time. What you need to know is you need to be ready when he comes. And you might ask yourself, well, how do I get ready? Well, you ask God to take a look at your heart and find out if it beats like his. That's basically, it's an inventory thing. And being as we're doing the Lord's Supper, you can just kind of be over there looking at the Lord's Supper, going, okay, before I take it, I'm a born-again believer. I know my heart's got to be right with the Lord. Just kind of do that and just be thinking about that. However you do that, that's between you and God. So he's going to come, and the church is going to be raptured up. And after the church is raptured up, we'll meet Jesus in the sky. I think the Bible says we'll meet him in the clouds. Wow, I'm, I'm ready for that. You know, I mean, all you guys like excitement. It's kind of an exciting church. You're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm ready for that, man. All right, let's go. Do that. Go, let's go. So nobody knows the time when Jesus is going to come back. So if you've been to a church and the pastor said, hey, Jesus is coming and eh, Look at your neighbor say, wrong. Nobody knows the time. When God tells Jesus to come back, he'll come back and he'll rapture his bride up into the clouds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah if you're saved. If you're not saved, you're going to go through the tribulation. And we ain't got time for that. But you can read about it. So let's bring the house lights back up, Mike. And I want to start talking about. So what are we supposed to do until then? So these are instructions for Christian living until Jesus comes back to get us. And we'll start in verse 12. And it's all about retraining the brain, learning to be uh, thankful. It says, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Say that with me. Be at peace among One more time. Be at peace among All right, so... Everything, like I've said before, doesn't have to be a fight. Donna, it, it's... I'll go over here. You guys need help. <laughs> We're gonna, I'll tell you. Do that with me. I'll tell you. They're coming to Thanksgiving. Every year we talk about your dang family. Oh, I'll tell you what, Debbie, we're not going back there again. They said something about my pumpkin pie. We're retraining our brains. Now, I got, I'm preaching to myself, too. To still love the people that come to your house and scoff at what you have on the table. Boy, man, that's a, amen. Trying to figure out how we deal with them afterwards, though. We are to live at peace 
amongst everybody. Now, it doesn't mean you have to like him. Remember, you're not called to like him. But when they come, we'll just talk about the holidays. When they come, we are to live at peace among them. And your family could be the hardest people to deal with. Wow. (laughs) You guys got issues. (laughs) The other service is like, we're good, man. We're, we're, We're good. No, you're not. Tap your neighbor and go, no, you're not. I know you, dude. You got issues. Oh, I got it. Just stay with me. Just help me through this, man, because I'm going through it like you. This is like therapy for me. Uh, and I, th- I think like you do, you know, because I think sometimes when people say something to you, you would like to reply back. You would like to break that peace covenant that you've made with God. I mean, because somebody said something to me the other day, and I'm like, man, you didn't just say that. I didn't say it out loud, but in my spirit, I was screaming it. And sometimes you got to wait till you get to the car so you can at least yell at the windshield. Like, man, that dude just said that to me. Amen? You still have to live in peace among them. Uh, Verse 14, and we urge you, brothers, to admonish the idol. Just go room, room, and then we'll move on. Admonish the idol. I told the, the service this. Admonish the idol means that guy that pulls up next to you that has a car or a truck or a motorcycle, Terry, just got new pipes on it. La, 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 la. Room, room. Don't. Don't rev it up here in this church unless you're going to let them, let them roll. Because I'll call you out on that deal. Well, God wants us to do the same to those who got it in neutral. They're making a lot of noise, but they ain't doing anything. You're like, come on, let's get going. It's time for you to start doing And don't get mad at them. Just kind of help them along. You ever heard cats before? That's the way it is working with people sometimes. You're trying to hurt them. You're going, come on, let's go. We need to shout about Jesus here, not just in church, but when we go outside the doors as well. Amen. <laughs> Admonish the idol, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be paid. Woo, here we go, Thanksgiving. Read this on three. One, two, three, go. Be patient. One more time, B. Uh, There's a couple grandmas that are shaking their heads today. Be patient with them all. I'm going to tell you something. If he does that one more time, it it is such a bummer. Does anybody use the word bummer anymore? That's a bummer. Be patient, and not not necessarily be patient because you have it in you to be patient, but be patient because God was, somebody ought to raise a hand in this church. Don't Don't act like God didn't have to work on you a little bit. How many of you walked in the church go, I'm never coming back to that church? I don't like him or the church or any of the, I, no. 
No, no, no. And you know, sometimes people, they don't have Thanksgiving in their heart and they'll leave church and go, well, I was scarred by church or somebody said something to me at church. And I tell them all the time, somebody said something to you at Walmart, but you still go back. There's hypocrites in Walmart too. Can I keep preaching today, Chuck? I'm about to. Amen. I was watching. No one has more kids than Lisa Tucker. I went to a basketball game to see my kids play, and her kids were out there, and they're just, and her kids, the boys are just all boy, and they just jump around everywhere, and I was blessed like crazy. And she is, look at her and just say, you are so patient, Lisa. Sometimes you, you can learn pace. God gives you kids. So how you can learn adults that act like kids. They were jumping everywhere. They were like ricochet rabbit. And I was like, man, that's pretty wild. I mean, the Rankins, when they go to a basketball game, were wild. But these boys right here, they put the W in wild. Amen. Uh, so be patient with them. Verse 16, go down there. Rejoice always. And maybe today you don't have something to rejoice at. Maybe your neck hurts a little, your foot hurts a little bit, something hurts, you know, all this kind of stuff. But we're supposed to rejoice in all these situations. Not because of the situation, but rejoice in the situation. Well, you know, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but at least I still am here. God's still giving me a house. I still got a Savior, and I still got a church that loves me, and everybody goes to it. It's as messed up as I am. And God's people said amen. amen. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. So now you know the will of God is that we're supposed to pray, we're supposed to rejoice, and it's supposed to change my stinking thinking, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So this is the biggest one out of the whole message today. So he's given us a, he's given us a, a, a way to live uh, until he comes back to get us. So here it is. Here's what he says. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Don't, the Holy Spirit's trying to do something in here. As a matter of fact, let's drop down the house lights. I want to ask you something right now. Have you ever felt the goosebumps or the, or, the, or the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit in your life? However, he, he works with you. Some, I mean, some way. I mean, just any, just any way. You go, man, you know, I'm not really much of the cherry. I'm not much of the Holy Ghost nut. But I know he's doing something here today. Never really been in church, but I have to admit the Spirit of God. You'll see Shannon's testimony. She's going to talk about the Spirit of God moving in the church. Well, I'm not really into that thing, but here's the deal. It's okay if you're not into that thing. God's still into you. He said, don't quench the spirit. So when he says, don't quench the spirit, don't try to put it out what God is doing in your life. God's trying to do amazing things, not only in your life, but the people that are sitting next to you. So... I think sometimes as Christians, we, 
I'll tell you what, stand up and I'll, I'll explain it to you. I, as Christians, we want to just sit by idle and not do anything. And, we, and we're going to be like the church in Thessalonica. And we're just going to wait for the Lord. That's why he wrote this book. He wrote to the church in Thessalonica. He goes, quit being so, quit being so slack. Quit being so uh, carefree. Quit being so uh, slothful and lazy. So if you're to go back and... Uh, in chapter 3, he writes, see, these people were quitting their jobs. And you may know some people that want to quit their jobs, not because they believe the Lord's coming back, but these people were quitting their jobs, and they said, we're going to go on the roof, and we're going to wait for God to come back. Do this with me. And look at your neighbor and say, get a job. And you can, you can play, Christian. And And now... Back in Jesus' time, Tracy, Paul called that being lazy if you wanted to just quit your job and sit on the roof and wait for him. He said those who don't work don't eat in 1 Thessalonians 3.10. We're just, tell your parents that you want to just quit your job and go wait on the roof. What do you think about that, kid? So then, fast forward a chapter or two, he gives you these instructions for final instructions for living. Don't quench the spirit. Um, I've seen the spirit of God move before. I'm just going, I'm going to lay this out there and be honest with you. He's been moving in this church for the last couple of weeks very, very strongly. Very strongly. It's very, very evident. Not just here at North or at, at, at Winfield. Just, just kind of like everywhere we go. Me and my wife are running into this spirit of God confirming what the church is doing. My daughter sent me a, a text. She said, Dad, I'm watching a sermon on Psalm 119. And she said, then I'm doing a devotional. It's on Psalm 119. The way you would quench the Holy Spirit there is go, well, that's just coincidence. No, it's not. That's a, God's affirming that he's not only working in my life, in my wife's life, in my child's life, but he's working in the life of everybody at this church. You go, man, there's something, something going on. There's, there's something that I can't deny. But you can't explain it. And that's kind of what Jesus said when he was talking to Nicodemus. He said, he, he basically was talking about, he says, you hear the wind or you feel the wind, but you don't know where it comes from. So it is with everybody who is born by the Spirit of God. You go, I don't know where that wind is coming from, but it's got to be coming from heaven. So when God's doing something today at this church, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Get up and ask him to give you some. Just, just raise your hands and say, fill me with the Holy Ghost today. Only if you want to move out of the natural. Do not despise prophecy. Got two more verses. So I'm retraining my brain to be thankful. But test 
everything. Hold fast to what is good. That's God and his kingdom. Say this last one with me. This one's going to hurt. Abstain. We'll do it one more time like we mean it. I want to look at it. But you shouldn't. I want to touch it. But you shouldn't. I want to taste it. But I shouldn't. Every form of evil, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. He said, abstain, stay away from it, run from it. Evil is evil. It don't matter. Did you ever see somebody try to put lipstick on a pig? Still a pig. I'm going to get one for you. You ever see lace on a bowling ball? Still a bowling ball. Here's what I told you. It got the church on the last one. I said, you could call me thin. (laughs) Amen. You know what's evil. You know what's drawing people out. Uh, away from God, it's it's. There's all kinds of forms now. They, it, it, and if there ain't enough out there, carry they're 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 dreaming it up. There ain't enough evil out there dying, so we're gonna we're gonna dream up a couple of new things. God said, "Don't touch that." So here's where we. Get ready for the Lord's Supper. In verse 23, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I told you at the start of the sermon that Jesus was coming back one day. Jeannie Lauber, when he raptures up the church, watch this, it's going to go, that's it. That quick, wherever you're at, Wherever you do it, you could be on a horse or a motorcycle or a truck, wherever you are. Whoop, gone. Oh, what happened to him? B-I-I. Ooh. Shot out by like a slingshot. Straight into glory. Straight up into the sky. You go, what about those left behind? Ooh, boy. They're going to go through some things. So I'm going to tell you how to get there. I'm going to tell you how to get caught up. Turn, close your eyes. Turn from self and turn towards the Lord. That's called repentance. <laughs> I got one for you. I'm going to get you. Open up your eyes. Me and my wife were talking about this. I think it was last week. We just, we just have such a great time. Being married is such a wonderful thing. It's just, just sitting there just... Franny, just in happy anniversary to you. <laughs> Sitting there studying the Bible, and we we're talking about repentance, and and we we're talking about. I said, I said, Vicky, do you know that repentance is turning from self and turning towards God? And when you tell God that you did it again, you're not really repenting and turning to Him. You're just telling Him you're sorry. 
Because if it's repetitive over and over and over again, you're not really turning towards God. You're turning towards God, but you're turning back to what got you in trouble in the first place. You're just telling God you're sorry. BC, I'm sorry. Repent means I'm leaving my life and I'm turning towards God. And then when the trumpet sounds, here it comes in the sky. Whoop! Jesse, we're just caught up in the air, caught up in the clouds. Now I'm going to ask you this question real quick before we get ready for the Lord's Supper. Have you been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ and have you felt the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life today? And if you have, just raise your hand and say, that's me, I've been saved. Man, I ain't worried about it, I'm ready to go. I got my marching orders, I'm ready to go. Set your hand down. If you haven't been saved, maybe you'd like to get saved. Maybe you say, hey, hey today I recognize that I've been indulging in evil. I got, got in evil, I'm, I'm all up in it. I want Jesus to save my soul. I want to be sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Sanctification means become... Pastor Jay, you become more and more like Jesus Christ. I'm still work in progress. We're going to do that together. Just ask him, say, Father God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. I want you to come into my life today, and I want you to make me born again. I know that you have shed your blood on the cross at Calvary. I know it's sufficient for the sin debt that I owe. I want you to help me live for you as I turn from my life and turn towards you. I pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now watch this. There's one here for the saints too. God, you know I'm getting ready to go up and take the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. I'm getting ready to approach it. I want you to do inventory in my heart to find out if there's anything that is offensive to you and remove it from my life so I can take the Lord's Supper with clean hands and a pure heart. So as I invite you down to the Lord's table, if those need to pause and, and kneel heel to your altar and ask God to cleanse your heart, do so at this time. And all his church says amen.